The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's keeping you from being the best you can be? Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about improvisational comedy and therapy, and you may wonder, how are those two connected, or what those things have to do with our show's theme? And you may be surprised by the answers. My guest is Dr. Ellen Veenstra, a psychologist in private practice who is also an improvisationalist. Let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Veenstra. She is a psychologist in private practice in Newport Beach, California. She is also an adjunct professor at Azusa Pacific University and is part of a national response team responding to workplace tragedies. Ellen has researched the theory, principles, and practice of improvisation and wrote her doctoral dissertation on the use of improvisation in psychotherapy. She is on the board of directors for the Detroit Creativity Project, a nonprofit organization that brings improv to public schools in Detroit. She has used improv to teach clinical skills to doctoral psychology students. She has also used improv in group therapy with federal inmates and persons with severe mental illness. And I'm kind of guessing that those doctoral students were probably the toughest to work with. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Ellen. Thank you. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in improv? Sure. Um, It was, uh, boy, it was a long time ago. Uh, I was a freshman in college, and I had never really heard it or seen it, knew what it was. And um, in, my, in my dorm, there was a sign. It said, uh, Auditions for Spontaneous Wits Attesting Truth in the Lab Theater Thursday at 7 o'clock or whatever. And I was like, Spontaneous Wits Attesting Truth? What is that? And that I passed, sounds interesting. <laughs> right? I passed this sign several times, and I said, I don't know what this is, but I'm pretty sure that's for me. And I uh-huh. went... And it was the campus improv team, and um, and I was like, yes, this is for me. This is made for me. Wow. Yeah. So you knew immediately it had your name on it. I knew immediately. Interestingly, wow. the, the man who was holding the auditions, who started the group, I felt the same about him. Uh-huh. And then we got married. Well, okay, I guess that was, uh, that you were right, that was for you. It was for me, You know, um, you know, as a psychologist, I know about art therapy and music therapy and play therapy, but this is new to me. Is it new in general, or is that just sort of not a loop that I've been in? Right, it's not new. Um, You know, there's been books published probably, you know, for the past 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And um, Marino was, Jacob Marino was doing some work back in the early 1900s with it. Um, wow. Right. So in, in Spain. Um, mm-hmm. But so it's not new, but it is very, very small. Okay. So um, it, it's not particularly widespread, say, in our area? No, and really. and I think that a lot of there are groups doing it, but they don't all. It doesn't always get into the therapy room, right? Because the mm-hmm. therapy room is so small, mm-hmm. um, and so oftentimes, if people are using improvisation 
with a therapeutic application, it's not going to be in psychotherapy. It's going to be in something else. Like Playback Theater is a group that goes around and they, um, there's a team of people that go and meet with an existing group of people, say, at a nursing home or at a school, and they get, they hear people's stories, Mm -hmm. and then they act them out in front of them. And it's amazingly therapeutic for everyone. It sounds, Um, that sounds interesting, and it sounds like it'd be fun. Both, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, You know, when we were chatting um, before the show, um, you were talking about um, the things that you learned from from the original improv classes that you took. And um, it struck me that there were so many things that you learned from improv that one learns from therapy as well. Absolutely. And the bulk of the improvisational training I had was while I was going to graduate school for therapy and while I was in my own really intensive therapy. And it was about a third, a third, and a third. Wow. What I learned from improv, what I learned in my graduate school training, and what I learned in my own therapy. Wow. Um, uh, one of the things you said was, this will change everything in your life and you'll come out of the class a different person. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that true for everyone, do you think? For everyone who lets it. Oh, well, yeah, like anything, right? Right, but, yeah. but absolutely, the peop- everybody who's open to it is absolutely changed. Um, and one, uh, I think another thing that you had mentioned, that it was a, a, an equalizer, really, that learning improv, it doesn't matter what you do, where you live, what your education is, mm-hmm. but that it, the life lessons can be learned in, in the same way for everybody. It, it, can you talk about that? Oh, it's, you know, it's a a skill that's orthogonal to all of these, you know, societal markers that we have, you know, Mm -hmm. SES and beauty and, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's like, it's kind of like riding a bike. Anybody can do it and, you know, you're surprised at who's good at it and it's a good thing for everybody, you know. I mean, Uh you know, not everybody can do it, but for those who can. Mm-hmm. Is it is it like learning to play an instrument? Absolutely. Yep. Oh, okay. It's it's okay. an art just like that. Okay. Because it, it it sounds interesting to me that you say anyone can do it. Because it's like what really? Because I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> you know. Oh, I, I should I should have made a prerequisite that you try. Oh we my goodness. <laughs> <have an> <laughs> Our, our interview might have been scheduled sometime in the future. <laughs> like, what can you uh, can you talk about the skills that are involved? Absolutely. Like, um, and and before I do, I want to say that it is really difficult to talk about improv. Mm. It's like talking about thinking or talking about love. Um, how do you talk about this thing that is so? a part of everything. Um, so it's difficult. It's and just like therapy. Just like therapy, yes. Yeah. Yes. And when I went to write my dissertation, I needed, I looked for a book where, you know, the principles and the theory of improv was outlined, and there was none. So before mm. I wrote my dissertation, I had to write all that first. Wow. Um, and there's a lot of books on improv, but it's just so hard to codify and capture in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, So if there are any improvisers listening, I'm going to do a terrible job. Please forgive me. Um, (laughs) But some of the skills that are involved, um, one of the biggest ones is listening. Mm. Because you're on stage and and you're creating a scene out of nothing. You and a partner are on stage and there's nothing there. And you are creating a world, a relationship, and, you know, action out of nothing. And so you really have to listen with all of your senses to what's going on so that you both can be building the same reality. Wow. Um, and the best improv happens when you, you listen. And in order to listen, you need to be very vulnerable. You know, you, I, I heard someone say you can either be, like, defensive or listening. You know, uh-huh. that's open or, or closed. And so you have to be open, you have to be vulnerable, you have to listen, 
And then you have to listen inside to what, how do I feel about mm-hmm. what they just said. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to how you feel, and then you respond back. And that, if you can do that, the improv is so, so, so funny because it's so honest. Ah. And then, yeah. but, and there's a million different ways that that, that doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. You're anxious, you're not in the moment, you're defensive, you're, you don't like... Or you're scared or, you're, you know, scared. whatever it may you're, be. Right, you're not good at listening to even yourself and what you're feeling. You're afraid of your feelings, right? So in order to be a good improviser, you have to work through all of that. Yeah, that is kind of just like therapy, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's fun. And, and, yeah. and it, it doesn't involve like, well, now let's sit down and talk about your crappy relationship with your mom. Right. It's like, let's just get up and play. And because you're driven to be a better player... Inevitably, you're going to have to work through that crappy relationship, right? Kind of without even knowing it, right? And that—that's—that's that's why it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's—it sounds like it's—it's it's supposed to be. Obviously, it's supposed to be fun for the audience. You know, mm-hmm. you want people to be entertained. You want people to laugh. But it sounds like it's really fun for the participants as well. Oh, it's—it's it's more than fun. It's—it's it's electricity. It's um, it's uh, I it's more than fun. <laughs> but it, it, it sounds fun. like there's a vibrancy. Yes, it's, um, it's it's just pure electricity. Wow, and and it, if you say if somebody goes to see an improv show, uh, is it like a series of skets sketches that people do, or skits that people do, or do they just roll with it? There's a lot of different types of improvisational shows. Mm-hmm. So, um, like Saturday Night Live, Key and Peele, um, mm-hmm. those are a type of improv. Those are sketches, that, mm-hmm. which is a, a name for a skit, but those are sketches that have been developed through improvisation. Um, so that's one way that improv can be used. And um, like the Second City mm-hmm. started that. Um, there's also... You can go and just have short little games that are made up, like uh, the TV show Whose Line Is It Anyway? Mm-hmm. You've got short little games that you play. And then there's also um, something where you go, the team gets a suggestion from the audience, and then they basically make up a 45-minute play on the spot from that suggestion. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So That's... there's a lot of different ways you can view it and that's yeah. like um improv improv olympic io does that you yeah. one of one of the interesting things and this is just a i don't know you know this is just my observation as i was getting myself together for our show and i was making notes and typing notes up every time i would try to write improv what happens is the spell check gets it and yeah. kept t- changing it to improve. Mm-hmm. And after that happened about six times, I thought, well, maybe there's a message in there that, <laughs> that improv and improve are closely related. So um, we are actually getting ready to take a break here. So um, maybe when we come back, we can talk about some of the special populations that you've worked with, Ellen. Um, so we will be right back with my guest, Dr. Ellen Veenstra, an, a psychotherapist, psychologist, and improvisationalist. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? 
Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching Program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's DrSanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We are visiting today with my guest, Dr. Ellen Veenstra, a psychologist and an improviser. As I learned during the break, that is the correct term for somebody who does improv, and I did not know that, so I appreciate learning something new. And um, let's see if, you know, we were talking generally, Ellen, about um, improv. And now can we talk a little bit about the special populations and the clinical application of improv? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it's funny, you you did pick up that you said one of the hardest populations to work with was probably the graduate students. Right. (laughs) I was one. I know. (laughs) In order to do improv you have to be open and Mm -hmm. they were the ones who were the least open the most rigid you know i Mm -hmm. i think of somebody said the other day what's the point of therapy and it's Mm -hmm. it's flexibility it's Mm -hmm. it's getting to a place in your life where you can be flexible um and and then even those demons you have aren't so bad as long as you have the flexibility to not choose them sometimes you know Mm and um and oh Grad students in uh, psychology are, are not that flexible, it turns out. Neither mm-hmm. are their supervisors sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they, those two might be connected. <laughs> right, right. And so Just it's a guess. Really hard. <laughs> well, when you think about it, you know, who wants to be a therapist? Somebody mm-hmm. who's really comfortable with words and doesn't mind, you know, sitting down all day mm-hmm. and just talking to people. Mm-hmm. And... and you know, that's a big critique I have of therapy. We need to go meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. Not every client's going to flourish if we're sitting and talking about stuff. Um, you know, I think that's true. And that, as an aside, that's one of the reasons why I do this show. Because I want to give people things that they can use wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And not everyone can get to our offices. Mm-hmm. You know, but but there are there are things available that people can use, Absolutely. and they're not in the office. Absolutely, and even those who can get to the office, if, mm-hmm. you know, verbal intelligence is one of, depending on who you look at, nine, fourteen different types of intelligence, right. and yet we demand that they use that intelligence to try to grow, to try to build on their biggest weaknesses. That's crazy. Right. So. You know, improv is a great thing for people who are, you know, kinesthetic, social, all these different types of intelligence are used in improv. Um, and and so, so it was hard with the grad students. Um, it was interesting. One of my favorite experiences was uh, I was working in a, uh, like a community mental health clinic, and I was working in a group for people with schizophrenia so, mm-hmm. or schizoaffective disorder. And these people um, were pretty stable on their meds, 
but nobody was living independently. You know, I mean, they mm-hmm. true schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Pretty limited and, in terms yeah. of independent functioning. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and when I said like I really want to do, let me do eight weeks of improv with this group, and you know the the powers that be were like, I don't know, I don't know, what can they do? You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're welcome to try, but they were really preparing me for. You're welcome yeah. to try, mm-hmm. as, but as it's not going to work. Yeah, for you, yeah. But just mm-hmm. so you know, it's going to fail, and then you're going to be sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fascinating because the the stuff that I was like, I don't know if they can do this. They blew it out of the water. Wow. Some of the imaginative stuff and some of the the building the stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. Because they each kind of have their own reality. How right. are they going to be able to build it together? They did it great. Turns wow. out. They know how to play. They learned uh, how to play uh-huh. when they were kids before they got schizophrenia. Like, they're right. good at playing. Mm-hmm. And so they're way better at playing than they are at talking and all these other things. Although, while they're playing, they were even better at talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, uh, and then there was some other stuff that I thought, oh, this will be easy. And um, <clears throat> not so much. You know, uh-huh. we have a... A game, it's really an exercise. It's like one-word story. And so you go around the circle, and everybody says one word, and you slowly build a story. So, like, huh. the man went to, and then it, you know, it got to the last person, and he just said, devils. And we're like, okay, this, this one's not going to work. Let's move on to our next game. This, this is right. a little, lacking a little too much structure for you guys. Right, right, right. Well... You know, do you work with children? No. No. Ma'am. Only inner um, children. Inner children. I, I, I do work with children, and for many years I ran a therapeutic day camp. And we did all kinds of things. If there was a way to play with something, I tried to figure it out, whatever it would be. And, and this would have just been delightful, I think, for, for oh. groups of kids in a camp. Oh, yeah. Kids, yeah. kids absolutely love it. And my and, husband's done groups with blind people and um, one and pre pre verbal people. You know, he did, he had a teenager and a, he did a thing for a youth group once, and there was a teenager who was uh, about developmentally two years old and couldn't mm-hmm. really talk, um, autistic, Down syndrome, and she was right in there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing, so amazing. Right, right. You know, um, you've mentioned the word. It's play and fun several times. And I think those elements are so valuable. And, and, you know, that's, I think, when you think about therapy and comedy, you don't think play and fun for therapy, mm-hmm. um, unless you're talking about kids. And I was, um, I don't, we were talking about kids a little bit on the show last week, so I don't remember if I mentioned this, but I got a couple of weeks ago what I considered to be a huge compliment. Um, a kid that I was working with ran out of the consulting room, and, and I heard him say to his dad in the waiting room, she knows how to play like a kid. <laughs> and I thought that was so cool. So, uh, of course, you know, I started immediately evaluating, well, what, what makes that so? And one of the things that I came up with is laughter. You know, when you play like a kid, you're laughing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually in a, most therapy with adults, not so much laughter. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that variable just kept, I just kept thinking about that as you were talking about those concepts of play and fun. It's like, yeah, we need to laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would expect that you also uh, were, had, were committed to the play in a way mm-hmm. that often adults aren't. I'm, oh. I'm pretending to play with you, right? Ah, uh, uh-huh. But I'm guessing you were actually playing with him. There, I, you know, I was, yeah. And yeah. that's a big part of improv, too, is really committing to it and being there and embodying it and, and really letting go, which is a yeah. really vulnerable thing to do. It is. It's interesting. I hadn't thought of that concept, but you're absolutely right. You know, just being committed to the play, and it was unstructured play, so who knows what, you know, is going to come up next. And I guess that's sort of the same with, with improv. 
and and life, right? Yeah, and you life. Know, <laughs> the people who are you know too cool for school and just uh-huh. can't really get in to life, right? Because it's it's hard. Right. Absolutely. So much easier to be ironic these days. Yes. Uh huh. Be cool and distant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about your experience with the federal prisoners. Oh yeah, that was great. Um, it was it was interesting too. There was like improv gets really loud, and you're not allowed to get loud in a prison. So there were several oh. things that I had to adjust for that. Also, improv is a really touchy thing. You're always touching people. You're also mm-hmm. you're not allowed to touch people in a prison. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it ended up being. Uh, difficult, but great, great. Uh, Viola Spolin, who really is the grandmother of improvisation, said that in order to have a true explosion, you need to have confinement. And so mm-hmm. any kind of limitations that you have, um, when you add the spark of creativity, just makes a better explosion. And um, I like to think about that when I'm, when I'm faced with limitations in my life. And so I thought about that, and it was true. It was true. The, the limitations just made the stuff better. You're also not allowed to run in prison. And so um, we, played, and we played slow motion tag. Which oh, is, my goodness. <laughs> and they were loving it. So it was like silent, slow motion tag. And, and, you know, and I said, okay, for this one exercise, there's this, you can only touch people on this small circle of their shoulder. And, every, mm-hmm. you know, is everybody okay with that? Okay. And so they played tag, and they loved it. And one of the guys said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call my wife and tell her that I played tag. I played tag in prison. She's not going to believe it. And wow. just like the, just playing, you know. And, uh-huh. and some, of, some of the games that I taught the guys, they would go back to their unit and teach other guys on the unit. Wow. And That's pretty amazing. It feels pretty amazing because, uh, you know, I... I grew up in a in a religious house in a religious community, and that was always a thing, right? You're supposed to proselytize, um, mm-hmm. and here's this thing, and and people are essentially proselytizing, you know? This, right, this right. Joy. Let me share this joy with you. Yeah. You know? um, well, and and so is that something you're currently still doing? Do you still work with uh, the special populations, or no? Not right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking for ways to get back into it, and one of the one of the things that I really want to do is um, get some friends together, teach them some basics of improv, um, and then get a core group, teach them some more intermediate stuff of improv, and then um, Neva Boyd, who's like the you know fairy godmother of all of this, has a book called Bedside Games. And then I want to teach everybody these and then go to Ronald McDonald House and teach the family members so they can go play mm-hmm. with their kids in the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's my next project. Okay. Well, you might have a volunteer. <laughs> you might. <laughs> I'm just a guess. <laughs> so maybe we can um, talk more about the Detroit Creativity Project when we um, come back from our break Absolutely. next time. Um, so we're getting ready to take a short break once again, and we will be back with my guest, Dr. Ellen Veenstra, psychologist and improviser. We'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Embrace Your Inner Self and Empower Yourself with host Sangeeta Patel. This is the show you've been waiting for. It's about moving forward with relationships, money, emotional healing, and meditation. How do you remove energy blockages from your body? You'll learn about this as well as exploring how the yin and yang works to balance your life. Sangeeta and her guests are here to discuss your personal blueprint to a better life. Listen Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. 
Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. My guest today is Dr. Ellen Veenstra, and we are talking about fun, play, and therapy, both in general and with special populations. So, um, I was just getting ready to ask you, Dr. Ellen, about um, your Detroit Creativity Project. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Um, so the Detroit Creativity Project is a nonprofit organization that was started by Beth Hagenlocker and Mark Evan Jackson um, as a way to give back. Um, these these friends of mine are two just amazing people. Um, we we went to the same college as Mark, and when a mutual friend was in town, they he introduced us. We had only, my husband and I had only been in L.A. for a couple weeks, and Mark and Beth just took us under their wing and, you know, had us over for dinner and just um, really were our welcome wagon to L.A. And, um, and they, they're just such giving people. They give mm-hmm. everyone all the time. And so they both love Detroit, and they started this nonprofit, which is uh, a nonprofit that that brings improv to Detroit public schools. Um, so Detroit is, in you know, it's it's struggling. You know, it's yeah. coming back, but it's struggling. And the kids who go to public schools in Detroit, they don't. There's not a lot of resources to go around in, in Detroit mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And um, improv has helped us so much that we said, let's give them the one thing that will build them so that they can help themselves get the other things that they need. Um, one of the things that we talk about that improv really builds is resiliency, um, creativity, grit, the stick to that you mm-hmm. need to thrive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so we raise money, we develop a curriculum, um, the... The founders um, include a lot of big-name people, um, but uh, Mark Rosecca wrote a great curriculum, and Greg Mon helped with the curriculum, and um, and so there's a curriculum for it. And we, they go, and the Detroit schools are like, "Yeah, come on in," <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. If you want to take mm-hmm. up an hour, and the teachers are like, "Yeah, come on in. I could use a yeah, break." They need a break. So, yeah, sure. And the kids are just wild about it, and. Um, if you go to DetroitCreativityProject.org, you can learn more about it, and there's also some great videos of the kids talking about. Um, I mean, when I first did improv, it was like it was like there was this little room in my soul, and there was a there was a part of me that, uh, growing up, wasn't nurtured. And mm-hmm. I took that part and I put it in this little room and I said, you're going to stay in this room because there's not a place for you right now, but someday mm-hmm. there might. Mm-hmm. 
And then when I was 20 years old or, I don't know, 18, however old I was, I did improv and a little bell rang and the light turned on in that room and I opened the door and I'm like, it's safe to come out now. Wow. And and so if that happened for me, um, with all the privilege that I grew up with, mm-hmm. uh, we just want to do that thing. I mean, every improviser can tell you about our first experience and just that bell that rang in our soul. Mm-hmm. But I, I just love, I love that phrase, a little room in my soul and, and that it wasn't safe to come out. And I think no matter what, I think I was going to say all, I don't know if all, but most of us have that little room in our soul that no matter what privilege we were raised with or not, that there was some childhood experience or circumstance that closed off that little part of us. Because it wasn't safe or it was perceived as being unsafe, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And to have a tool that allows, and and as we were talking about before, it allows like groups of people to access that for themselves. It's It's really amazing. So, um, so that's what we're doing. So everybody should go to DetroitCreativityProject.org, check it out, watch the videos, go to the donate button. And donate some money. Uh, it's a it's a really it's a really great program. You know, I, I just I just love what you said about that little room in my soul, and um, I, I think so many of us have had some experience in our childhood, whatever it may be. It may you know it may have something to do with lack of privilege, but it, it may just have something to do with any kind of experience that um, led to our closing off that little part of ourselves, and. Um, to have a tool that's available for groups of people to use is so amazing, I think. Um, you know, a therapist, one-on-one, we usually work, um, and, and we can access that, that little place of the soul. But to have it widely accessible is just wonderful, I think. Absolutely. And we, we're animals. We're pack animals. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're meant to be in a group. And so the change that can happen in a group is, is qualitatively better right. than what can happen in a, you know, in a dyad. Right. And I think that it, it's just so different. I mean, I think the qualities that you're talking about, uh, about fun and play and vulnerability and all the things that the kids and or whomever it is gets to see modeled and used and then opens up for them is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I just think about how different my life would have been if, if I had been introduced to improv in high school. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool to be a part of this organization that's doing it for these high schoolers in this place that, that really need it. And so do you get to go back and visit them from time to time? Because obviously you're on the West Coast now. Right. I get to. I haven't yet, uh, mm-hmm. just because I, I got a little kid at home. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But there, we've done some really cool. Um, the Detroit Party is a, uh, a fundraiser that we've had every year for a little while now. And there's other fundraisers that we do, and um, like uh, Keegan-Michael Key, from Key and Peel, who was just on the cover of Time Magazine, um, uh-huh. he hosted our last Detroit party, and so um, and Mark Evan Jackson, who is a is a big guy now, and um, so there's there's a lot of fun that that we have and that we have over here, the the Detroit expats who are over here. So. Uh huh. Yeah, Detroit expats. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. Um, We've been talking about the fun parts. What are the challenges for improvisers? Challenges. Um, you know, it, it's a community that uh, has a lot of substance use. It's, uh, uh, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of depression. There's, you know, um, there's a there's a there's a lot of mental illness actually in the mm-hmm. improv community. Um, but there's there's a lot of mental illness in every community, you know. Right. I don't, when I think about improv and improvisers, I don't I don't think about the limitations, especially because we're a group. 
you know, and we we are really there for each other. And, um, you know, that, that's another thing coming, you know, my husband and I were both raised in a religious environment, and when we enter the improv community, we're like, this is, this is where, you know, there's a brotherhood here mm-hmm. that is not always represented in religious communities. Ah, uh, uh-huh. And so I think about that. And, and are there specific challenges, like as you go into uh, a special population or a community to work with, with the people there? Are there specific challenges that come up? No, we, you know, we, if we hit a limitation, we count it as a limitation that's going to make the explosion bigger. And we uh, uh-huh, you know? uh-huh. I mean, really, really, the only limitations are in your head. Ah, okay. Just like life. (laughs) Just like life. And one of the things you'll hear all the time in improv is get out of your head. It's a Uh very embodied art form. Get out of Uh your head. Get out of your head. And uh, when I was codifying the the theory and principles of it, one of the six principles is let go. You just got to let go. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably can't swear on your program, but I want to. You just gotta let go. I just want to give that emphasis that I don't know if we have. I, this is the internet. I mean, you know, I don't know if we're allowed to swear. Maybe we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, think they would kick me off. But, you know, a lot of things that you're talking about are indeed like life, like therapy. If, if you do some of these things that you're, you're listing or um, are codified for your work, um, you'll be more successful in life in general. Absolutely. And that's the whole thing, is that you go on stage, you, you are protected because you're playing a character, right? So mm-hmm. anything you say or do, you're protected from that. You're, you're, you have to be vulnerable, but you're not really vulnerable because you can say, oh, that was just my character, right? That you're wasn't on stage. <laughs> Yeah, you're pretending, right? And it's safe. And so you try it there. Then, once you, once you can do it on stage... Then you have these same people, you go to the bar afterward, and then you're like, I wonder if I can be vulnerable with them off stage. And then Uh when that works, you know, it's just like therapy. You just keep generalizing to bigger and bigger parts of your life. Um, And, you know, improvisers party a lot. Whenever you're at a party with improvisers, inevitably, at some point, the party will turn to how improv has changed their life. I've never been to a party with improvisers where we haven't stopped to talk about that. Hmm. And and a big part of improv is hearing and listening mm-hmm. and being in the moment. And once you have that experience and then you go back, you know, you go back home to family or you go back to your old friends who don't really listen to you, who don't really see you, uh-huh. who aren't really there in the moment with mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you can't go back. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. everything that- changes. Just like therapy. Once somebody really yeah. listens to you, it sees you, everything changes. Yeah, yeah, it's and that's I think you know where the dyad is so valuable. Sometimes Absolutely. that you know you can be seen, fully seen, and fully heard, which Absolutely. is pretty awesome. So we are going to get ready to take a, another short break here, and we'll be right back with our psychologist and improviser, Dr. Ellen Veenstra. Stay tuned. <laughs> up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy with your financial life or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? 
Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Are you looking to get unstuck from the rut that has seemingly become your life? Move ahead by tuning in to Psychopedia, life principles to help you get unstuck. Host Dr. Jeffrey Shaw and his guests will help with the encouragement you need to make that forward move. Guests include therapists, financial advisors, and more, as well as shared stories of hope from the listening audience. Psychopedia, life principles to help you get unstuck, can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking today with my guest, Dr. Ellen Veenstra, who is both a psychologist and an improviser, and we're talking about fun and play, and the life lessons we learn in improv and psychotherapy. So, um, welcome back. And um, Dr. Ellen, before we get started on our next segment, I want to take a moment really to thank you for the time that you've shared with us today, your knowledge and your wisdom in this area. And so much of it is new to me, so I really appreciate um, your taking the time with us. Thank you so much for having me. This, This is a good time. Um, and how can people reach you? Um, EllenVeenstra.com. Would you spell that for us, please? Sure. E-L-L-E-N-B as in Victor, double E, and as in Nancy, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, R-A.com. And you've had to spell that once or twice before, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, great. You know, as we as we start in our, our last little segment here, I was wondering if maybe do you happen to have any fun anecdotes that, that you could anecdotes that you could share with us that um, might demonstrate the concepts that we've been discussing? Yeah, well one one great one is um, I went through the second city with a group of people, the Second City Conservatory at the training center here in L.A. And uh, one guy, every time he got on stage, it was all about sex, and women were, uh, were really put down. And mm. over the course of, I don't know, our 18-month program, that changed. And by the end, he no longer needed to do it anymore for whatever wow. reason. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating to watch his transformation and... The women noticed it. I don't uh-huh. know that he noticed it, you know. Um, but that's one way that I've seen people change. One one way that that I've changed, and, and the thing that I think was, was so pivotal for me, was as I was going through the program, we had to write sketches. And, and one of the things in improv is follow your fears, follow your fears. And I thought, what would be most terrifying for me? Oh, and dear. <laughs> what, what I did was I wrote a sketch with the main character, which was that little part of me that I locked in that room. Ah. And, and it turned out to be this huge hit. And I, and I played her on stage, and, um, and it was, it was, I felt so vulnerable, but it was, it was good, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the culmination of, you know, my therapy, the improv, um, my training, and that, that I really felt like I, like I really am okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really am okay. And that was the beginning of, uh, really, I'm thriving now. I'm thriving in a way I never, ever, ever thought I would. And that was a huge pivotal moment. So it, it sounds like you were able to experience... Um, a, a real validation and the freedom that comes with that. 
Absolutely. Because yeah. I think that's really what we all want is to be seen. And I think people want to see one another in that way. You know, people want to see who you really are. And, and I think certainly we do that. I think good therapy does that. Absolutely. You know, you know the, the essence of really seeing your, your therapist as a human being and as a person who cares about you. And you, you know, you can see just really the essence of who they are shines through. That's what people want. Absolutely. And I think that's the most vital thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just to see and be seen, to hear and be heard, and, right. and there's just so many blocks that get in the way of that. <laughs> right, there are, and, and I know, as I mentioned, I, I work with children, and a lot of times, one of the things that, that kids seem to respond most to is when you just say, hey, I'm glad to see you today, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to mean it genuinely as you suggested earlier to be committed to you know the play or the relationship or whatever it is to just say oh I am glad to see you today that's sometimes what people need to hear and to mean it and to feel it and yeah yeah I think often kids um, with sometimes parents who aren't the best parents mm-hmm. know that but they can't own that so they put mm-hmm. that on the kid and then mm-hmm. it's like this projective identification happens mm-hmm. with everybody around them that the parent wants the kid to be the bad one, not them. Right. And then other adults in the kid's life starts to think that they're the bad one. They're the bad one, yeah. And, you yeah. know, research has shown that when you first see somebody, your eyebrows either go up because you're happy to see them or they go down because you're not uh-huh. happy. Uh-huh. And people pick that up and that gets internalized. And Absolutely. So those kids need to know that they are okay and right. people are happy to see them and it's okay that they're there. Right. Or even better than okay. <laughs> you know, that we're glad, you know, exactly. we're glad that you're there. That's, that's a, a really um, a wonderful experience that I think everyone's really entitled to. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as we, as we, talk about this today and I, I think back on our conversation it really is true the things that you said about the uh, improv and therapy I mean the it's an art form that radically changes people's lives and it sounds to me like one of the differences is between therapy and improv is you go into therapy wanting change mm-hmm. you know something's hurting something doesn't work you know whatever it is you're wanting change and Improv, you may not go into it wanting change, but you still come out changed. Absolutely. Is that accurate? Absolutely. In in the first class I took at Second City, this is just an acting class, and the artistic director of Second City, Dave Rosowski, who's amazing, said his first line was, this will change you. Mm -hmm. Let it. This Mm -hmm. will change you if you let it, but it will change your entire life. And I'm like, this is an acting class, buddy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he took a wrong turn, right? <laughs> yeah, but it did. And it, it's changed him, you know. Uh-huh. It's changed everybody. It's amazing. Oh, that's so fascinating. Um, you know, well, once again, thank you so much for, for what you've shared with us today. I really appreciate it. And, and I've learned a lot. I hope my listeners have as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Um, next week, I will be, will be welcoming back Laura Mazaganek, who is both a psychotherapist and a coach. And um, I'm going to leave you with a quote today. Now, this captures um, what I imagine I would need to feel if I were to step on stage as an improviser. And these are the words of Patrick Overton. When you come to the edge of all the light you know and are about to step off into the darkness of the unknown, faith is knowing one of two things will happen. There will be something solid to stand on or you will be taught how to fly. See you next week. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening. Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola can be heard each Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week. We'll be right back.